invite Neil MacArthur to come on up here and join me. Why don't you, why don't you come on up here, Neil, and why don't you welcome Neil? <coughs> and this morning, Hannah said to me, you're going to be taking it easy today. I said, yeah, we're going to sit down and <laughs> you, you can have the cushion. <laughs> um, just going back to that image of the dragonfly and that word picture that the Lord has been speaking to us about how there's a chrysalis season that we're in right now and God is bringing transformation from the inside to the outside. There's all sorts of transformation taking place for us in our life together following Jesus here. And um, part of that uh, transformation process and journey uh, really impacts this guy here, Neil. Uh, Neil was here before I got here, and that was a long time ago. So that Neil got here in about 1995 or 6. 5, 1995. And, um, and he's um, just faithfully journeyed with the things that God's asked him to do here. And so this morning we want to just take some time to particularly pick up on the conversation of worship because there's going to be some changes coming here uh, with regards to our life of worship. And a big part of it has to do with the story that God's writing in Neil's life and we want to be obedient to that as well. So um, let me just take you back a little bit. So 1995 was not when Nicole and I met Neil. Nicole and I met Neil in 1993, 1993, uh, in North Queensland in Townsville. And Nicole and I were um, pastors in a uniting church parish. There was about six churches in the parish. And, and part of the responsibility that Nicole and I had was to help look after the university students. And so we had this big swath of young adults and we were like only two years older than most of them and yet we were supposed to know what we were doing. It was kind of crazy really. I'm glad God knew what he was up to. Um, but anyway, while we were up there, we met Neil and Neil was studying at James Cook University and attending the church that we started to work for. And the young adults in that, that parish, they were like, we want to like build a worship thing on a Sunday night. And so we created lots of space for them to experiment and have a go at that. And, um, and then they started doing this Sunday night service. It was at, um, started out at Hermit Park in the, the old wooden church building and uh, that was next door to the house Nick and I were living in. And um, so they were just like trying to figure out what is worship. And I remember on the first night we got there when they were, it was just a free-for-all, it's a blank canvas, go for it, be as creative as you want, do whatever, just follow God and go for it. And they did great. There was, you know, and the model of worship at the time was, uh, you know, like two or three people standing at a microphone stand at the front and a band sort of back in the background. And I noticed in the background there was this guy on the lead guitar and it was, it was Neil. Neil was on this lead guitar at the time. And uh, you don't see him play lead guitar too much these days, but he was on the lead guitar. And um, do you want to tell us a little bit of what that was like? You've, you know, that really early moment of where you guys were exploring what worship is? Well, I remember it completely differently. Oh, so. that's... <laughs> well, um, I can remember we, we used to... There was, I guess, two parts to the worship. You know, I guess the first part was the church worship which was the Sunday nights and stuff like that. Because I'd previously been part of um, Central, Central, which yep. is connected to, to Vision Chapel, which is where Kirk was sort of, I guess, overseeing us. Um, so it was very much the time, I guess, of Hillsong coming through, yes. Jeff Bullock and, and, you know, this excitement. And, um, we're, get, we're progressing beyond the brown book the yellow book, you know, <laughs> uh, the scripture and song books for those that don't know. Like there was these choruses, you know, and they were wonderful choruses, some Vineyard, some um, Dane and someone, whoever wrote <laughs> the songs and stuff. Um, but these were the, like the staple, Shine Jesus, Shine Era, uh, Grind Us Together, Lord, you know, that <laughs> yes. sort of yes. era of songs. And it was sort of like, you know, there was a lot of 
um, organ-led worship or piano-led yes. worship um, <laughs> that sort of, you know, was like a generational thing, yep. you know. Blessing. <laughs> Blessing. That's right. Yeah, that's that's right. right. It blessed that generation. Amen. And, um, <laughs> you know, just diverting back a couple hundred years previously, um, when the organ first came in, you know, there was all this uproar about how evil it sounded, you know, and how demonic it sounded. <laughs> and so we sort of went through that same thing, you know, progressing away from the organ, you know, with guitars and, you know, microphones, electric guitars and things like that. So that was just an interesting cultural thing. But um, we, had this, we had this group of university students all around the similar age, you know, maybe 20 or 30 of us up yep. to points where we just were doing two things I think one was seeking after um, the gifts because uh, we didn't know much about the Holy Spirit um, in the church and that's sort of what Kirk and Nicole were sort of trying to teach us help us to explore uh, and also worship and um, you know we started this worship on Wednesday night that's right um, you know com- named wow you know which nicole's taken on with women of worth sort of thing you remember that you don't no, no we were first so just say <laughs> there's a lot we don't remember at our age <laughs> so worship on wednesday was that um and um that's where we would sort of explore you know just um worshiping you know the the sunday sort of had this model you know where the where you'd have people with microphones, loosely called cheerleaders, I guess, you know, that would encourage the church to, come on, everyone stand up, let's clap our hands, you know, that sort of model of worship um, to try and create some energy and excitement, I guess, around, you know, what God was doing there. And that was one model of Sunday. And then worship on Wednesday was sort of like a smaller, more intimate group. And people that really loved to worship would come together and we would, um, try and find out um, and explore and push the boundaries. Hey, you know, it's just us here. Let's read scripture. Let's let's um, listen to the Holy Spirit. Let's try some of that prophecy stuff, you know. Um, and let's let's learn to experience um, the presence of God. So that's what it, it started that, with. That that whole um, journey was one that um, was very early for Nicole and I and, and for you as well, is just learning to um, be these people that had a pursuit for the presence of God and what that might look like when you get together in a room with a group of other people. And um, it's I think God, you know, earmarked us at that point. But I remember um, after the first sort of corporate sort of evening, Sunday evening gathered session where... Um, everyone was invited to come and the worship happened and Neil was in the back on the lead guitar and I remember looking at Neil from where I was sitting in about row four and and I, I thought to myself at the time and because I'm just trying to also learn how to hear God at this stage and so I, I felt like God was telling me that guy that guy there needs to lead some worship and I'm like okay so when he'd said that to me, I, the picture that I had in my head, though, was Neil standing at the front of the church with his guitar, um, worshipping the Lord. And whatever the rest of the configuration of the band was, didn't really matter, but it was like Neil with the guitar and, 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 um, and leading. And I remember, the ne- so I, after that week, I, I went up and spoke to him and I said, hey, listen, I... I feel like God might be saying this, and this was the picture I saw, and I want you to have a crack at that next week. And so Neil, but I didn't, I didn't actually explain to him the detail of the picture. I just said, God gave me a picture of you leading worship. So Neil faithfully went away and figured that out and then came up the next week. But when I turned up, he was, you know, doing the, the model of standing at the front behind a microphone with no guitar. And I'm like, oh, I forgot to tell him the details of the picture that I saw as well. But anyway, you know, we, Neil progressed and developed and journeyed from there. And um, Yeah, I don't think that's actually true. I you think don't? I, I think you did tell me. <laughs> I, I did. And I just sort of was like, 
because someone else was leading wor- was the worship pastor. I wasn't right. the worship pastor at this stage. So I think I was debating about it in my head, like, do I do it, do I not do it? So I, I think there's something okay. that I made a choice. You know, it was like, this is too scary at right. this, for this, for me, because this is the model we do. And it was like, uh, yeah, let's let's just keep the same model and see how I go. <laughs> but I think that's the only time I've ever led without an instrument without an instrument yeah yeah well it was good <laughs> look at you now the lord's developed you it was a, it was a great first entry but um hey let's 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 fast forward now um you're in in the you're in back in brisbane here nicole and i are still in north queensland you fast forward you're here you found this group called the vineyard they're meeting in a garage up at narang bar um there was a, just a handful of them Tell us a little bit about, can you just give us a few recollections of our, of our story, of what it was like in 95 when you um, arrived and what was, what was some of the things about the worship that you noticed and as, uh, as you began to join the PRV here back in the early 90s? Well, it's, I don't know how to start, but let's just see what happens. So, I guess... When I came back to Brisbane, um, obviously I, I knew you and you said, I'll connect up with my dad, um, who's going to start something, which never started, but it turned into the vineyard. And I started hanging out with these older people, you know, like I was 16. Um, yeah, you were 16. T- yeah. yeah. I was sort of young through university. And um, yeah, slightly older people. <laughs> About the age you are now. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, it was, it was like, it, it, the, the thing that I guess kept me hanging around these people, because I think um, someone said to me, well, like, why are you here? Sort of thing. I, I don't know if they were like, they were trying to genuinely understand, not sort of like, uh, what, what are you doing with us? You know, it's like, why, why are you interested in us? And it was like, these guys were hearing the prophetic voice of God. They were pursuing healing. So there was that side of it sort of thing. Um, but also there was this um, desire within me to experience God, you know, um, the way we had experienced uh, the Holy Spirit in Townsville, you know, because there was such energy and stuff like that uh, around that, you know. And um, So I guess that's sort of what drew me. And the other thing was there was this vineyard element. You know, my brother had some of the vineyard um, early Touching the Father's Heart series, and I listened to Light the Fire again. Was probably the first Vineyard um, CD I um, I listened to, and you know, obviously the 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 influence of Hillsong was huge on the church, and all the churches were starting to start of look like this model of Hillsong, you know, and um, this was something different that was a little bit more natural um, that I related to. It was like you know, the Hillsong's fabulous and I, I'm not um, in any way degrading what they've done because they're an amazing uh, influence on the church of large, the songs and things, but they have a professional element that, you know, um, a lot of churches can't live up to, you know, and that's fine for them, you know, and they, uh, that's fine. But we were sort of like, you know, um, trying to explore who we are without changing who we are and worshipping in that. And that's sort of what I found. I could be myself with these people, um, the good, the bad and the ugly, and experience God in that. Um, Some of the things there that you're saying, I really, you know, God put a hook in our heart, Nicole's in my heart as well, with regards to being able to be in a worship environment where you could actually turn up as you are uh, and not have to be something else to engage with God's love and his presence and that his pursuit for us was even greater than our ability to perform towards him. And we've, we sort of caught that, um, that value that drew us as well to the vineyard and his, and his dynamic presence in worship. Um, well, knowing, knowing that the Holy Spirit is rather than we got to worship to bring him. Yeah. He's always here. Yes. We just have to realign our hearts and 
recognize that he's here. Yes. And then it's just like, boom, you yep. know, the, the lights go on and, yep. you know, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Like, to me, that's like the presence of God is everywhere. You just have to to flick that switch and yep. recognize that. Yep. And doing that, um, you know, really re- recognizing that you don't have to perform, um, you know, and just be available and just want that um, really was something I, I guess I gleaned from the vineyard experience of worship. Yeah, that's, um, that's very true of what the vineyard's become known for across the body of Christ right around the world is, is we're not trying to move God's heart or bring him down or bend his arm to change our lives or to change our churches or to change our communities. We're actually coming at it from the other direction, which is I best maybe best summed up something like where Jesus said, I can only do what I see my Father doing. And so it's coming at it from that direction that actually the Father, God, is already at work. Help me to see what you're doing, God, so that I can join in with your presence. And it's the same in our approach to worship. Help us to see what you're doing, God, that we might join in with you. I've got a few stories um, about what happened what happens when God's presence turns up? You know, we've probably all had both internal revelation moments as well as external power moments where the power of God comes on us and transforms our lives. And I have this one distinct memory of you, Neil, where one, I think it was a Sunday night where we were worshipping and it was a bit like um, we were in one of those seasons where it was just, a, you could say, oh, look at the sky, it's blue today. And the Holy Spirit would just like just flow through the building and people would just be like enamored with the presence and power of God. I, I remember this one night um, where the Holy Spirit fell on you and <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic because you just couldn't stop bouncing. It was like you're the Energizer Bunny. And I think you ended up, it was somewhere over in this back corner over here, like you'd kind of bounced into the corner, but you, you couldn't, get out of the corner because she was someone literally had to come and turn you around so that you could get out of the corner and keep moving you thank thank you for bringing that up <laughs> that's quite all right that's quite all right there's, there's i'm sure there's a million stories we've we've got of you <laughs> and each other i can reciprocate just <laughs> no, warning you, you. <laughs> but i you know i i think um we are obviously a people of the presence but let's let's fast forward a little bit further again now God has put a calling on your life to pastor the worship culture here at PRV. Um, tell us a little bit about what, what that's been like for you, well, what it was to maybe receive that invitation from God and what it's been like to, to walk, walk in that. Um, I guess I've seen a lot of people, you know, well-meaning people, I guess, say god wants me to do this and they go and do it and they sort of it i i sort of hate to say this but it sort of seems a lot about them and um it it works or it doesn't work you know but then it sort of fades away and you know people are looking for the next thing of god and um you know the reason i sort of say that is like it sort of was like i don't want to be that sort of model i guess you know i i wanted to be natural in who i am to be a worship pastor and um you know i saw a lot of that in david you know i guess like the the reality of just people first you know um practices sort of second sort of thing yeah you know and um, I, I grew a lot in that in myself, you know, making mistakes along the way. You know, I'd have these great moments of, yes, let's do this let's for do God this. and yep. all of that. And then I'd be reminded when it crashed and burned. <laughs> um, but it was sort of like that was, I guess, my... Um, what's the word? Um, the way I sort of saw the past, I guess. So stepping into... 
uh, I guess, uh, a pastoral model. Um, I wanted to try and make it, you know, relational and people first. So I always try to come from that that background, um, you know, which which isn't normally probably a typical model, I guess we see sort of thing. So I guess in God calling me into that, I, I sort of felt he just said, just be who you are and don't add anything to it. Um, you know, I'm not very good at certain things and I'm very good at other certain things and, and knowing your limitations um, is helpful to being, you know, a, a worship pastor, I guess. Um, and also not seeing yourself as as someone, you know, it, it talks about, you know, Jesus, you know, when you want to become servant-hearted, you know, you've found it. Yep. You've, you've found it. And it's like people, you know, you, it's that brave heart thing, you know. Yep. You, you are here, you think your position exists to serve the people, uh, to for the people to serve to you, you. But you exist to serve the people. Yep. And that's what Jesus is basically saying, you know, about yep. becoming a, a servant. So all of these sorts of things, you know, you try and do your best and you fail and you get it right sometimes. But that was always, I guess, my heart behind um, being a pastor. Yep. And that sort of w- sat, I guess, underneath um, my worship experience, you know. Um, and hopefully that was sort of like, I guess that was my goal as being a worship pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did that answer the question? Yeah, I th- I'm, well, I mean, I'm, I would be quick to say that I, I have seen you faithfully... Um, be a servant who leads and um, often you know people get that around the other way you know I'm a leader therefore I serve no no first and foremost we're we're servants of the Lord and out of that place our leadership flows and um and so that's a very relational model. That's a very incarnational model of trying to pastor and care for people. And I, I've seen you do it so faithfully and so well. And I've seen the fruit of that um, drawing out of people both um, their life of worship as well as their skills in worship. Um, tell us a little bit about what that's been like, trying to... Um, serve, serve and draw out. Um, you know, because there's been a lot, so many people that you have seen in obscurity and go, I think God's got something on them. And then the next thing you know, they're playing a guitar or they're on a drum kit or they're leading worship. You you just have just gently. What what's that been like for you to? to serve what God's doing in others and see them come alive in this area of worship? Um, I, th- I always come back to that model of um, the, John, the vision that John Wimber had of the honeycomb, you know, and the sense that some people are, like, loving the honeycomb. You know, they're, they're eating it, gobbling it up, and other people are like, yuck, you know, get this presence of God off me off sort me. of thing. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's, you can see that in people you know, the people that are drawn to the honeycomb. You can see the people that love to worship, you know, and you can see the people, I guess, that love to play, you know, their instrument, you know, yeah. and, and there's nothing wrong with, with either, but finding a worship leader is primarily about finding the heart that, you know, that loves the honeycomb, yep. you know, loves the presence of God, you know, wants to wants to spend their life worshipping and re-experiencing God's love again and again. Um, drawing that out of people is really hard because you can't do that. Yeah. And in trying to pass to people, you can only share your experience. And if it's sort of like um, it's trying to explain the feeling, a feeling to someone. You know, if you haven't experienced pain, mm-hmm. then we can't share the same words of what pain experiences like you know it's a common frame of reference um or if you haven't experienced uh love you know or being a father uh you don't have a common frame of reference but it's trying to find those people i guess that have that common frame of reference that really love and pursue um the presence of god yeah 
and when you find those people or s see those people, it's then like you've got a common frame of reference to sort of encourage them and and keep them yep um, going. You know, um, there's that's been real. That's really helpful. I love the illustration that you've used there of the of that vision that John Wimber had when he looked out over the part of the desert in LA and God showed him that honeycomb in the sky dripping and it was like you know and the Lord said there's plenty for everyone John and the problem's not on my end John <laughs> and uh, but uh, but it was the way people were receiving the presence of God's um, kingdom coming over their lives some were welcoming of that others were like get it off me um, and, and we're all at different levels of yeah. that you know in growing and yeah. moving all you know the centered set moving towards and uh away from god as you know uh, as our lives dictate i guess yep. um yeah mate uh let's a couple a couple of um i'm going to just pop the next slide if i could thanks andrew up on the screen there it's um i just pinched this offline um there's People often say, well, what's distinct about the way you guys worship to the way an Anglican might worship or the way a Catholic might worship or the, the guys at Hillsong and, or whatever the spectrum is. And, you know, we try and put words to, un of, of, to illustrate the values that sit underneath all of this activity that we do called worship. And these are just some of the key values that... When you see people leading worship and inviting people into the presence of God, this is what's underneath all of that, these core value type things. And, you know, we value, we value intimacy. We, that, that, that means we love being these people that encounter God. That's why we have these, we intentionally create room for those awkward moments of what's happening right now. <laughs> it's like, well, actually, we're just going to create a bit of space for people to meet with God and God to meet with people accessibility we just try and make it an environment where it's not so professional that only the professional get to play but everyone gets to participate you know one of the things i just loved this morning was amos you know he's in the drum drum well there what amos what is he uh, 15 and uh, 14 and he's only really been having a go at drumming for a very short amount of time but we've created accessibility and space for him and this morning his drumming was just wonderful, you know. It's it's like he's been encouraged, and in, and in the process of all of that, he's connecting with God. He's connecting in his personal discipleship with Jesus, and some people around him to say, "Come on, mate, you you're doing well. Keep going." You know, there's there's so many levels to this. Uh, integrity. We want to sing from a place of, "Hey, God, come and change us," because we really know who we are and how we're doing. <laughs> but we know you don't reject us, so come and change us. We're hungry for you, Lord. We sang that beautiful song this morning that Simone led us in. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. We want the transformation and the change. Um, expectation of the kingdom of God. We, we literally expect uh, from the moment we start to sing, God is going to literally encounter people physically, emotionally, spiritually. All of these things are going on. Um, and people of great passion or sincerity we want to be a people that we don't want to worship god with masks we don't want to perform to try and get god's attention or approval we turn up as we are but we bring all of who we are to god in that moment we don't hold back anything because we've because of our brokenness our sin our frustration with our life or our circumstances we bring it all to him because he welcomes us and says, come unto me. So these are the things that are going on in the background of our worship. Tell us, Neil, um, have you got like maybe one or two distinct memories of, man, that was one of the best worship experiences I've had here. Like that was, or that was all, that was fun or that was, oh my gosh, that totally surprised us what just happened there. Uh, as we worshipped God, have you got any sort of memories that jump out at you? Uh, th there's quite a few, I guess. Like um, one, we were worshiping. I can't even remember if I was leading or not that night. But the lights, the power went out, 
and we lost all stage and everything and everyone just gathered around the front in darkness and we just spent the next couple of hours, you know, praying and, and worshipping. Um, another times was was late at night, a Sunday night, where, um, you know, there was a few people left, maybe about up to ten, and they just say, sing this song, you know, and there was just the, the presence just coming and getting again and it was deep. And um, These are aside to all the conference times, you know. Right, cause right. Because conference people are coming expecting, you know, they they yeah. switch, they know how to switch that on, turn the switch on, yeah, and stuff. And you know, it's 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 good when you see people come in, uh, and then just like remembering why they're here, sort of thing. And that's always hard, you know, as a worship leader, because your your goal is to remind people, not to force people to to flick that switch, right. Um, because, you know, the, there's always like a um, horizontal element as well as a vertical element. You know, you and God um, connecting, but it's sort of like bringing the invitation to those people, you know, into into the vertical element as well. And when you're worshipping with community, yep, with the same heart, that really flicks that switch on. Right. Because you're like, that person next to me is really worshipping that person. And it's like... Yep. I'm going to engage. And so those moments, I guess, you know, happen frequently in Sunday morning, Sunday night, um, you know, worship circles that we've had over the years. And it's just uh, where you um, experience God. There was a funny story once. Uh, Trent and I were actually down here setting up for a worship circle night. And he said, I said, where are we going to set up? And he says, you just walk around until you fall over. <laughs> And I took like three steps and tripped on a chair. And it was like, oh, well, there <laughs> oh, we go. There you know, there's the spot, you know, sort of. It was sort of like a humorous uh, event. Um, but it's like knowing that God is just with you in the hard times and the bad times, you know. there's There's been times where we just feel so drained of life. Yep. Um and you don't want to come to church, you yeah. don't want to lead worship, but when you get up there, things change, you know? It's like there's sometimes on Sunday nights, you know, you, you, you don't feel like it, you know? You, you want to sit home and just yeah. do whatever, but you know that there's what you value um, brings life to you. And this is something, I guess, why I've done it for so long, is because I value it and I don't yeah. feel tired by it because I know that even if I feel tired when I step up and play my guitar and get to that place of connecting with the Father, it's it brings life. Brings life. It doesn't drain me, you know. Yep. So um, knowing that experience, you know, it's like r- helps you remember, that's right, you know, um, God's Spirit is life-giving. Now I remember that, you know, and it's like yep. you forget about it so quickly. And uh, to to get into that place again and again, you know, you'd think you'd remember it quite easily, <laughs> but you don't. You sort of forget. That's right, you know, yep. God's presence actually gives you life. Yep. Um, and sometimes you do have to force yourself just to, yeah. to be in that. And yep. But and other times you're just loving, you know, the, the Holy Spirit. It's just easy, you know, and sometimes it's hard, but... And uh, you think you have a great day in worship up here and the people out here are pretty average or they have a great day and you're not having a great day. There's no rules for it. Yeah. You know? But it's it's like just that that switch, that remembering who God is and allowing him to love you first. Uh, and then it's like, that's right, this is life-giving. Um, and I want everyone to experience that. Yep. And um, that's... I guess the value that underpins all of this. Um, that, mate. I want to um, just just to let folks know. In a couple of weeks' time, on the seventh of November, we're going to take some time to have a special time of sa- saying thanks to God for the way that Neil has loved and served and stewarded what God's asked him to steward here. Um, and um, but so just mark that one in your diaries november 7 we really want you to be here for that it's going to be a very special and important significant moment 
Um, there will be food, I hear. Yes, there will be food. First Sunday of the month, there'll be sausages too. <laughs> but, um, hey, Neil, one of the things that Nicole and I have loved about watching and partnering alongside you in doing kingdom life and ministry for so many years is watching the grace of God's gifts on your life, his callings over your life, not just to serve here locally, but for those who may not know, Neil has quietly been serving in various ways uh, all across Australia and helping to develop relationship and worship pastors all across the Vineyard Movement around the country. And um, he's, he's just quietly gone about business and, 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 and serving what Jesus has asked him to do. And we've loved watching that grace um, at work. And, but right now, um, that grace on Neil's life is starting to shift gears. It's starting to want to move Neil in a new direction. And so we want to just talk about that for a few minutes um, because Neil, Neil is finishing up as our worship pastor. And he, in fact, we tried to finish him up at, at the start of 2020, but then <laughs> COVID kicked in and we were like, um, can you just hang with us for a little bit more? So here we are nearly two years later, or 18 months later, getting back to where we were about to get to, which was to help Neil shift gears and be obedient to the grace of God on his life. Um, tell us a little bit about what God's grace on your life now is starting to um, build in you and what you want to do to be obedient to that. What, what do you think that might look like? Look, um, I guess firstly, worship is always going to be a part of that. It's never going to change that. Um, you know, it's, it's who I am, I guess, sort of thing. You know, the experiential nature of God was, is who I am, I guess, what I'm pursuing, sort of thing. Um, but about 10 years ago, I started to have a desire um, to understand Scripture, I guess, you know, because, like, you read the Bible and you're just like, yeah, I understand that, but that makes no sense, so skip over it, uh, keep reading, <laughs> you know. Yep. And it's like, you know, people say these things and you're like, I'm not sure that's my experience of understanding right. God. And it's like, uh, these two things are meant to match up. You know, the, your experience of God and the Scripture are meant to match up. And they're sort of a bit like a chasm, you know, because of, of what I've been taught, um, or what I've read or yep. whatever, you know, it's like that doesn't match up with the nature of God, you know. And so there was this sort of desire in me, I guess, to really understand Scripture. Uh, and the more and more I dig into that, I can see the two, the two ends matching up really well. And um, I've been pursuing that, I guess, in trying to not just skip over those funny verses and, yep. and, and not just like taking the 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 party line the this is what it means you know traditional yep. it's like digging back into church history and realizing there's many different ideas about this and and trying to match it up i guess with the nature and the heart of god and the yep. context of scripture so that's that's really been a journey for me in the past several years is just yep. study um digging deep um saying what what does it really mean you know um when Jesus talks about three loaves and a woman and and the kingdom of God is like a woman with three loaves, three measures of flour. Right. And it's like, um, yeah, there's actually quite a depth meaning in the Old Testament that, that brings clarity to the kingdom of God uh, in that sort of thing, yeah. in that sort of one scripture, you know, that we, I'd never heard before, you know, and it's sort of like digging this stuff out. And that's really giving, not just a buzz, but a real excitement about um, uh, getting that understanding when I yep. read. Yep. You know, not just sort of reading and skipping. Yep. So that's sort of, I guess, um, bringing together the two parts of the experiential nature of worship and um, the heart of God in Scripture and saying, actually, these things really do connect. 
um, you know, and there's all those difficult passages, you know, in the Old Testament. And you're like, why was God like this? And, and bringing that understanding and saying, yeah, actually, there's actually good answers for that, yep. you know. So that's sort of um, my journey. The um, as, as we've kind of talked and walked and prayed and kind of encouraged you to keep exploring this space, we see it as a real teaching grace that's coming over your life. It's like not only is God taking you on this journey to want to narrow the gap between your experience and the under and the scriptures and realize actually there is a wonderful dynamic tension there not a not a chasm um but in the process we're seeing this grace maturing on your life which which you're starting to explore with writing materials teaching small groups there's a teaching grace and if you've ever been a part of neil's wednesday night small group he he does fantastic teaching of the scriptures into that environment and so um so neil's starting to move more and more in that direction as as he's being obedient to the holy spirit but what that means is he's finishing up as our worship pastor and um we're both um excited for neil to say yes to following jesus and and nicole and i and the 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 elders and the team here have all been like, well, what does that mean, God? Who? How? What? Are, what's next? Um, and so just want to let you know a little bit of the conversation that's been going on over the last 12 months as well is that um, as we've been praying and asking the Lord, that um, um, the Lord has been preparing some people's hearts to step into this role of as our, as our next worship pastors. And that's, um, if you pop on that last slide there for us, um, Andrew is, is, is Stephen and Lisa that, that the Lord has seen to bring from New Zealand to land here and, um, and spend, spend their lives serving here. And um, they, they're in next door serving the Jive Up crew at the moment. But um, we'll talk more about Stephen and Lisa another time with them in the room. But um, Neil, as you're finishing up in this area, and as you're thinking about Stephen and Lisa taking on this role, and you're thinking about us as the people of Jesus following God in, in our life of worship together, um, what's some of the things, on just maybe one or two things that's on your heart that you really hope for and that you could maybe even see happening as we make these changes? I, I love being down there worshipping just as much as up here. And because I love the fresh voices and the fresh worship that different people bring. So I've always been about that, you know. And it's really, really hard to grow worship leaders and new musician, musicians. Um, you know, everyone's a worship leader that gets up there, basically, in their own way. Um, it's really very hard to do that. And, and you know, having that growth... Um, and that passion and doing that sort of stuff is really hard yards. Right. Um, I'm hoping these guys, because they're not here, you know, yep. we can talk about them We a can bit. talk about them. Um, they can, but they can watch this back later. They, so that's <laughs> right. That's right. I'm, uh, I'll say nice things. I'm Absolutely. Um, they have that inside them, I think, to, to a desire to help young people grow uh, and come into the, this experience, you know, and teach them what it means and stuff like that so i think as well as the the fresh vision whatever that is that they will bring um you know combined with generational growth and um you know it it's going to create i guess excitement in our spirits to yeah. to say hey you know uh, as we experienced organ worship into guitar worship <laughs> what's the next thing yeah, you know right. Uh, and it's it's not saying that one's better than the other. It's saying yeah. that it's it's a freshness of heart. There's a, there's a cultural aspect of what's what connects right. with generations that you know is. The, but it's the same heart yeah. all the way through. Yeah. You know, as John Wesley's writing songs. You know, it's the same yeah. heart that that we have today of 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 seeking God. You know, um, as Moses. You know, even as Moses saying, if you're not going to go with us, where are we going to go? It's that same heart that we're bringing. But how's that going to look? How's that going to be fresh and inviting uh, into, into our church? That's, that's great. That's sort of what I look um, and um, 
my expectation. Can I say yep. that? You can. <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> Mate, um, we just want to, this morning, we wanted to take time this morning both to um, just sometimes when we're asked to be a servant who leads and others aren't, who haven't had that experience don't necessarily uh, um, have an understanding of some of the mechanics and the internal realities to be able to help that happen for others and create a context for others to be able to just step into and encounter God. But um, And so on one level today, we wanted to just kind of un- take the veil back and go, hey, this is what it's like to be a worship leader. This is what's involved. This is how some of the stuff that's going on in and underneath um, all that's happening. And it's really important for us to get that and have that. Um, but on another level, we also wanted to take the time to say, uh, and we'll do this more formally on Sunday the 7th, but we wanted to say thank you for the 20 plus years of serving God's heart of worship in this place. And the many, like, thousands of lives that have streamed through this place um, over the 20 plus years, where as you've served the Father's heart for worship in this place, people have come alive to God. They've found freedom in their lives. They've experienced the transforming goodness of God. They've encountered the person and power of the Holy Spirit. And there's been people who had never thought they would be a musician, become musicians. There's people who've never thought they could serve through leading and they're leading. It's like you've your faithfulness to the Lord has a lot of fruit, Neil. And we want to say we see it and we want to say thank you for serving the Lord the way that you have. Um, we might just... Um, I'm not going anywhere. That's the thing. So, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. So, no, 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 no. My, my role as worship pastor was oversighting the worship team. Okay? That's changing. So, the, uh, Stephen and Lisa will be doing that role. They'll be creating rosters and growing growth. Well, that's up to Stephen and Lisa, but yes, I, my intention is not <laughs> is not to leave. You know, I'm not I'm not joining another church or no. or, or leaving. You know, that's that needs to be clear. Yeah, we need to fan that teaching gift into flame, so yeah, you know, yeah. there'd be more teachers up here. You know, the one thing we love is I've been retired for two years, so think of it like that. So <laughs> I, I actually resigned two years ago. <laughs> It's but been the hardest two years of work uh, ever. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You know, um, and also, I guess, just, you know, I wanted to th- thank everyone that's been part of the worship team and that's helped me in that as well. You know, particularly Simone, uh, who has done the roster as well for a couple of years as well. Um, and people, you know, you don't realise how much it takes, I guess, to get every Sunday, you know, because you've... We we are very limited on the sound desk at right. the moment. Yes. So, um, you know, for example, you know, we are very limited on, on the video production. So doing all this extra stuff, yes. um, you know, is falls back on you when, right. you know, I guess, you know. So I've been doing nine times out of ten on the yeah, sound. Yeah. But what, what brings people into the worship team you know, it's sort of like they have this desire, you yeah. know, if, if you don't have that desire, you, you know, to, to hang around people to experience the presence of God, you want to be something, you want to be part of building something, yep. you know, and, and that brings energy, that brings life to be part of a community that's building something, Yep. you know, and, um, you know, maybe I've lost a little bit of that vision, which I'm hoping maybe, you know, that, that might be something that Stephen and Lisa can bring out f- that fresh vision to. Uh, is building something afresh that you know that that really sparks in people. So that's what I hope for as well. Thanks, mate. So he's not going anywhere. Can I ask maybe just to finish off, Neil? Could we um, get you to pray uh, for our life of worship here at PRV as as we go through this? Um, I think that you know the dragonfly imagery is is way bigger than just air conditioning. It's like we've been in this season where God's cocooned us again and there's lots of internal 
working and transformation and partnering with what the Holy Spirit's doing with us to come into another season of, of kingdom life together following Jesus. But could you maybe pray for us as, as we finish up with regards to the season, the, the, the next season of worship that the Lord has for us at PRV? That'd be awesome. Cool. Well, thank you, Holy Spirit, for who you are. And that you are firstly a God of love to us all, Lord. And I, I thank you for, the, for the, the time I've had as worship pastor here, Lord. And I, I thank you for such a, a value that that's been to me, Lord. And Lord, I, I pray for this church. I pray for, I pray for the, the hearts and minds of people that, that they, they will experience that switch that just turns their hearts towards you. And that builds us as a community of, um, of worshippers. So Lord, as, um, as I step back a little bit in this, in this role, Lord, we just pray for, for Stephen and Lisa just to, to give them fresh vision for this place, for, this, for the heart of this place, Lord. Lord, we, we want to be lovers of you and lovers of others, Lord. And uh, we pray that a fresh fire, a fresh fire to come and just invade our hearts, consume our minds, Lord. And that we will always be seekers of you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, so get that one in your diary, folks, November 7. It'll be a special morning where we pray for Neil and then Neil lays his hands on Stephen and Lisa and commissions those guys to continue to serve what God's heart is here for a life of worship together. That's it for this morning. If you are here this morning and you... Um, I, f I felt like Neil, as Neil was just praying then, I felt like I saw I, uh, the Lord um, just throw a little bit of seed was, it was like a hand with a little bit of seed that just went, whew, and it was only small seeds, but it landed. And um, as I asked the Lord, I said, what's that? And I felt like he was just saying, I'm, I'm going to be seeding worship into some hearts here and lives here. So I want to encourage you, pay attention. If, if that's, you, I think there's some invitation in that, that there's people here that the Lord wants to bring on into the life of um, helping to serve his worship here at PRV. So pay attention to that seating, and it's, it's everything from musicians to singers to IT people to learning how to run a sound desk. Anthony, how hard was that? Not hard at all. Thanks, mate. Um, if people like Anthony can do this, we can all do this. <laughs> Thanks, mate. A blessing. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> um, hey, if you would like some prayer before you go today, if you're here and you would like some prayer, please feel free to come and down the front and we, we'll pray for you before you go. But other than that, God bless you. Have a great week in the kingdom of God. And uh, we'll see you later. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony.